Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos-Duffy. Hey, Sean. It's so great to be back at our kitchen table and on this podcast. And today we have someone who comes to our kitchen table. Well, she's been coming for 23 years. It's our daughter. It's Evita. She's um, back. And she's back. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you have kids and they introduce you to music that you don't normally listen to. You wouldn't listen to because it's not your generation. You're not getting exposed to that kind of stuff as much. And she said, Mom, you should listen to this song. And I listened to it. The song is called High Ren by a British uh, artist called, his name is Ren. And by the way, he was discovered, uh, you know, playing on the streets of England, super talented guy. And the video and the song were like mind blowing. And she told me, well, let's bring Evita in. Evita, come on in. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting song. Do you want me to explain it a little bit? Yeah, sure. yeah but also maybe start with how it's become an anthem of sorts. Yeah, well, I, w- I wouldn't say it's not it's not an, I wouldn't say it's an anthem. I, I think it's not it's not conventionally poppy. It doesn't have a perfect melody uh, and 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 chorus or whatever you want to call it. And so it's not it's not a, a traditional radio song, but it's making a lot of waves on YouTube among sort of music influencers, people that like to review music. Um, and then also, you know, it's it's become a little bit of a hit on TikTok as well. So kind of a, an, a little bit of an unconventional sort of social media path that it's it's found, you know, some notoriety. And I, it's it's very interesting. I, I think it's a lot it's a lot deeper than what we're used to in music. I think oftentimes it's very ma- mass produced. There's a lot of other people writing it, writing what they think teenagers will like to hear. And as it turns out, teenagers and and young adults actually want their music to be beautiful and lyrical and deep in a way that I think we're not getting with with the with the main with the main stuff with whatever you're hearing on the radio and so I think that's why this is kind of had a had a hold on a lot of people well, I, so- very interesting I, w- I want to say I looked him up a little bit this guy Ren. it turns out that he had a mysterious illness all through Lyme's disease yeah he didn't know though he was sick. He was going to doctor after doctor. He tried alternative therapies. He tried Western medicine. And while other people were starting their careers and getting married or just getting on with life and their education, he was pretty much in a room by himself suffering from really debilitating pain and neurological issues until he finally went to a doctor, I believe in Brussels, and figured out that he had Lyme's disease. We actually know someone uh, who went through something like that. And it's, it's very hard because people think you're crazy, right? They think you're mm-hmm. imagining something's wrong. And it turned out in the case of, of our friend, um, Evita, she turned out to have lines as well. Um, so I think that some of the psychological things that he talks about could also, you know, obviously stem from, you know, his experience, his, his life experience. Well, hold on, hold on. Let, me, let, let, let Papa Bear come in here somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, listen, this is, I, I want, I, I've never heard of this before. I'm, I'm an old guy 
who's like you just said, Rachel, forced to listen to you know things that your kids tell you to listen to, and I thought it was bizarre. So the, if you watch it on YouTube, he, he's he's like in an insane asylum, wearing like a uh, a hospital gown with his guitar, like in the corner of this room. It's brick, I, I believe, it behind him, and he starts playing this song, and he's and he's it's having a conversation with it's himself having a conversation with someone or something else. And he's playing both sides of the conversation like in his head. And it, it I don't think it starts to make a whole lot of sense until the very end. And then I, I actually had to print out the lyrics to, to try to get some meaning. And it's, I wouldn't say I have meaning. I think it's it's pretty foggy, but a, it was a really, I thought it was a really cool, especially when I read it, rendition of this conversation. And I don't know who is, is he talking, he could be talking about drugs, he could be talking about mental illness, he could be talking, you know, about the devil exactly. who's having this conversation yeah. with, or maybe all of those are encompassed in one for him, mental illness, drugs, and, and the devil are one thing that he's battling, um, trying to break free of in this in this debate he's having with this, you know, other thing in, inside him, which... In his head, inside his head. Should we play? Should we play a, a clip so people kind of get an idea of what yeah. what that first part of the song? Back and forth, yeah. Hi there, Ran. It's been a little while. Did you miss me? You thought you buried me, didn't you? Risky. Cause I always come back. Deep down, you know that. Deep down, you know I'm always in periphery. Ran on your pleased to see me. It's been weeks since we spoke, bro. I know you need me. You're the sheep. I'm the shepherd. Not your place to lead me. Not your place to be biting off the hand that feeds me. Hi, Ran. I've been taking some time to be distant. I've been taking some time to be still. I've been taking some time to be by myself since my therapist told me I'm ill. And I've been making some progress lately. And I've learned some new coping skills. It'd be to break it down for us. So that beginning part of, of that where he's going back and forth, I think it definitely seems to be either somebody suffering from bipolar disorder, right? Back and forth. I'm inadequate. No, I'm, I'm actually okay. And sort of back and forth, back and forth. Or perhaps drugs where you're, you know, back and forth dealing with, with you know, self-destruction. But things start to take a more explicit turn. He actually, the part that I'm thinking of is it goes, I was created of the dawn of, I, I was created at the dawn of creation. I am temptation. I am the snake of Eden. I am the reason for treason, beheading all kings. I am sin with no rhyme or reason, son of the morning, Lucifer, antichrist, father of lies. And to me, suddenly we go from he's in his head, he is him, to actually it's not him. He says explicitly, I, I am the father of lies. I, I am temptation. I am the snake in Eden. It's, it's pretty explicitly. But he's talking the about devil. the devil. Right. And what I think is interesting about this song is, is two things. One is that Gen Z is constantly preoccupied with mental health. We're the most mentally ill generation to date. But this is the first time that someone's actually said, these are demons inside of you. It's not just random uh, random mental illness that everybody kind of has that we kind of have to take a bunch of pills to get through. No, it's a thing. It's an actual entity. It's a, it's the devil himself who's doing this to you when you're sort of psychologically tormented. And, and so that that's very unique. And then the second part says, you know, I'm, I'm over like the way that he's overcoming this and, and the way that he's overcoming it is by embracing struggle that he says, you know, that's part of what being human is, is we, right. we, we, instead of self-medicating and of having all of these issues that we, that we have and, and trying to mute them or put them away, he embraces them. And that's actually, he did an interview about his song and said, that's what happened with his Lyme disease is that he felt better when he carried his cross, essentially, when he said, this is just the reality of being human. 
I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to make music out of it. I'm going to make beauty out of my suffering. I mean, it's a very Christian message to me. And it's, it's something that's so missing from the entire mental health debate that's preoccupying Gen Z. Well, I think it's fascinating. Do you think that's that, that why you, people that, are embracing it? Like young people are embracing that message? Is that what you're, the sense you're getting? Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's one, I think it's very, it's a very hopeful song. It's identifying the cause and then also a cure, which is, which we can't do right now, right? If you, we were also the most irreligious generation to date as well. We can't, we don't, we don't know that Christianity is a path for anything. But then I also think the deepness of it as well. There's, I mean, there's so much creative creativity in this song. It's, it's real poetry. There's really complex rhymes and rhythm and, and, um, and depth to his lyrics that we're just not used to. And I think people are very attracted to that. You know, we, we can, as adults, say a whole bunch of things to, to this generation that doesn't penetrate. And a song like this is something that can make young people think. And, and at the end, you mentioned, Evita, or is you, Rachel, I'm not sure. He's talking about, I'm human, right? So you're not broken. If, you have, if, if you're having mental health struggles, if you're having issues in your life, that doesn't mean you need to t- take a pill. That doesn't mean you are dysfunctional. You're a human being, and human beings deal with all of these things in their lives. It's about being human to have these experiences. And I think that's a really powerful message uh, against the backdrop of what you just mentioned, Evita, as the most medicated, most mentally ill, if, if we want to use that term loosely, mentally ill, because I think it's overprescribed, but generation in history. And to say, no, no hold, hold on, take a, take a step back. It's not about it's not about classifying and and medicating it's about the human experience of going through these life experiences that make you a human being, which I thought was really cool in the song. Can I can I point you guys to another another line that I just I love? I find it so interesting. He goes, "This is when he's sort of speaking from as the devil. He names himself as the devil. He says, "My name, it is stitched on your lips. So see, I won't bow to the will of a mortal, feeble and normal." You want to kill me? I'm eternal, immortal. I, I don't know. Like, I, it's like so interesting. I won't bow to the will of a mortal, feeble and normal. Like, this is such a, 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 like the best description, I think, of what the devil is. Like, he's jealous of us. He's jealous of your humanity, that you have this closeness with God and that you're made in his image and that, 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 you know, you, you will eventually die and be with him to get forever, but you have the struggle that you have to go through and that he's jealous of that, but is constantly trying to assert to us his power, right? Like I am so, mm-hmm. I am not like you. I don't know. I just, I've never seen someone so young be able to do that so lyrically and beautifully. I, I agree. I was totally blown away by this. And and I thought, uh, you know, it brought back, and again, I think this is much deeper than this, but it, it, reminded me a little bit of Smells Like Teen Spirit with Nirvana in terms of that being sort of a generational anthem that sort of captured that that moment. He reminds me in terms of his, just his sheer talent and the wordsmith that he is, reminds me of Eminem as well. But I think what, what you're getting to, Evita, and what, you're, what we're capturing is that this is a generation that has a lot of mental illness. I was just looking at some stats. In 2017, there was a study of eight and 12th graders that um, to 12th graders that found, you know, depressive symptoms um, increased by 33%, you know, from when that same study was done just a few years back in 2015. The suicide rate for girls in that age group increased by 65%, self-harm 150%, 
and it nearly tripled for girls between the ages of 10 and 14. I mean, this is a generation, I think a lot of it has to do with social media. Surely the lockdown increased that, but I think it's not a coincidence that this song is resonating. And it's a song that's asking, you know, that's trying to unpack what all this mental illness is about. What, why are people so unhappy? What are the spiritual battles that they're facing that they may not even know are spiritual, but truly are, as you point out. Yeah. Can I, I don't know if you guys remember the quote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. Yes. And I I just feel like that's the, that's the crux of what, what separates this this song from everything else, because he actually names it. Like, this is what the problem is. And you talked about social media and that's certainly a problem. It's become sort of a trend to be meant, you know, have all these mental illnesses and problems. I think that's a big issue too, but it's also the fact that we're so irreligious. We can't even identify what these demons are within us. And it's a real entity. It's not fake. And the part of why it's become so, so terrifyingly gripping on this generation is because we just don't believe in the devil anymore. Like his quote is all this time, but it's, it really rings true. But Avita, there's something there too, where if, if he, if this young man ran, produces this song and puts it out there, if, if it didn't resonate because people didn't know that they were having these struggles and didn't know that there's good and evil, there's a devil and there's a God, it probably wouldn't resonate, but people somewhere in their soul, somewhere in their history have come across these ideas and when they're hearing it in it presented in, in this medium by this guy, Ren, all of a sudden they're like, this is amazing. Actually, this makes it a lot of sense to me. So so it's, it's so interesting that you say that because I listened to the song and I thought he has to be a Christian, right? I mean, and then he actually said, I'm, I'm not, I don't identify with any religion. I just really like the way that Christians handle struggle is essentially, is essentially what he said, like the way that religion, like religions perceive the human experience. He's and not, he's not so, a Christian yet, I guess. Would, right. <laughs> right. That's, that's what, that's what my husband said. Michael said that too. He's like, well, he's, he's, he's on his way there. Right. But, but I, but I, but I think that it, that's also so telling that we're naturally just drawn to this and we don't even really, but I mean, he's obviously somebody who's, who's, who's been exposed to some things. Some of us have, haven't, but I think that's why they're so drawn to it is they're not even religious. Most of the people that are fans of his, and he's not even religious. And yet they are drawing these from these really Christian themes, a lot of hope and fulfillment. Right. These are ancient themes that have just are, are grounded in human nature and who we are. I mean, our hearts are made for God as St. Augustine said, and, and, you know, there's a hole there and, and nothing, you know, people try and fill it with all kinds of stuff, whether it's prescription drugs or, or, you know, alcohol or, you know, narcissism, whatever they try to fill, you know, materialism. But ultimately that hole in our heart that can only be filled by God, we're empty until we actually plug it with God. Um, so I, I, I love this. Um, if really quick, Evita, what has been the industry reaction? I know things can go viral and become really popular with sort of like everyday kids, but what is the industry reaction to this, you know, very complex, deep song and artist? I haven't seen anything remotely negative. It's been all positive. And I think that's, that's really encouraging that there's, there's some, there is some appreciation for, for creativity and depth and something that's a little bit unique. Yeah. Talent, um, something's a little bit unique from the mainstream. So I've, Nothing bad to say, and, and nobody else seems to as well. Uh, sometimes I lose hope in this generation. Maybe I'm like, this must be like, maybe this, <laughs> maybe this is humanity that every generation looks at the younger one. I was like, oh God, all all hope is lost. So maybe I'm falling into the now looking back on what is wrong with these kids. 
But you, we do a story like this, and again, I, I listened to it the first time. And if you if if, if you listen to our podcast and you listen to it, you might be like, "What is this?" Which I that's that was my thought. I halfway through the song, I called D Rachel. I'm like, "What do I have the right thing here? Am I listening to the right?" You know, song. <laughs> okay, it's so funny and, that you said that because I, I played it for Michael too, and he said the same thing. He was like, "I don't know what I'm listening to." <laughs> exactly. I, I was I was utterly confused, and it, was, and it goes on for like nine minutes. And Rachel said, "Wait till the end." And so I, I, I waited till the end. And I'm like, "Ah, uh, okay, I get." And then I printed it's off the and then I printed off the lyrics, and was like, "Okay, this made a lot more sense to me because you can digest it better when you read it." But it gives me some hope for this generation that themes like this, an acknowledgement and understanding of what's happening to their generation and to them themselves, shows a sign of 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 I don't I mean introspection and 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 more understanding than, than I give them credit for. And so kudos. I, I think that's that's such a great point. But I also think that it speaks to what so many of the chains of this generation. So when I first heard the song, Sean, I immediately thought that this was a guy battling with the prescription drugs he has been told to take. Right. And you certainly, and listen, a great artist has layers and layers and layers to what he's saying. And I, I definitely think that's in there. And I think if you look at the increase in prescription drug use among young people, it's astronomical. Um, they're prescribing drugs, even, you know, to, to grade school kids um, for, you know, of course, we know all the AD, ADD over prescription, but also, you know, depression, anxiety. There's all these things. We had that great author on Sean on our podcast talking about how everyone's turning to drugs instead of turning to other things. Um, and and they're, they're actually masking the problem. And that's why this song is so interesting, because if you're medicated, and you, you can't get to the root of the problem. And in that suffering that he's talking about, you know, you, 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 there's purpose to it. It's part of the human experience. And sort of just taking a pill to get rid of that, A, doesn't solve the problem, but it also removes your own humanity. I think that this song captures what this generation has gone through. I think they're defined by COVID lockdown and tyranny and authoritarianism on, on many levels. I think they're defined by overprescription of medication, they're defined by their atheism and and lack of you know moral structure. They're defined by broken families. They're defined by overdoses, which are through the roof. I mean, there's never been as many overdoses among young people in our history. Um, so that to me shows there's just a, a comfortability with with pills and with medicating oneself, um, whether it's prescription or or illicit illegal drugs. So I my recommendation to people is first print out the lyrics. And then listen to the song. I think it might give you some insight into this generation. I know it did for me. It left me thinking um, for a long time. And it, it made me very compassionate towards how this generation's upbringing is different in so many ways than mine. And I think that that kind of understanding, we as parents are always trying to understand our, our kids and what's that world they live in, the social media and and everything else, um, I think it's I think it's useful. I think a lot of kids are listening to it. You want to know what your kids what resonates with young people today. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80 percent of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5000 percent. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. 
While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Rachel, and so we talk about the song and, and, and you can see there's a lot of confusion with these young people with, again, with their faith, we mentioned with, with the drug use. Um, and this song, I think, gives a little bit of clarity that all these things that are happening in your life are really the devil, right? There's also, we have leaders um, in big corporations who also try to uh, confuse us um, and tell us stories that are false. Uh, these are not the the prescription drugs, but these are stories of history. Tell us what's happening yeah. with Hulu um, and the new <laughs> project that they're going to do. The the the, the devil in Hulu, not not the devil in drugs. <laughs> the devil in Hulu. That's just that's a Disney owned product, right? I believe so. Um, I'm with you on that. So Hulu has a new series um, by Hannah with with Hannah Jones, as you know, she was the New York Times writer who wrote the 1619 Project book. Um, it's been embraced. If you think it's not being taught as curriculum in your children's school, you're smoking something, you're delusional. Um, it absolutely is being taught. And what it's basically teaching kids is that our founding, the revolution, the war for independence here in America was not really fought for independence. It was really about white people trying to maintain slavery and their own power and um, wealth through a slavery system. Um, that is not true. Um, whether, you know, it's not, it's certainly true that some of our founders had slaves, but that war, the war, the revolutionary war, the war for independence was fought for independence. Um, and, and so it, it does a real disservice to our kids to teach them one lies, but also make them hate their country. I don't understand the benefit of that as well. And so now, you know, predictably, if you will, Hulu parent company, Disney um, has, produced a series, a documentary series based on the 1619 project. If I thought, Sean and Evita, that this would stay on Hulu, I would be less concerned. But you and I have all been, all of us have been in school where the teachers, you know, want a day off and they just put in a documentary series. I, I had that happen to me when I was in high school, but also I was a substitute teacher in the LA school district when I was in my 20s. And that's what I would do. And that's oftentimes what the teacher who was sick on leave would give me a documentary from PBS about the civil rights movement or, or the civil war. And we'd play that in the history class and that's the information they'd get. So that's my concern. Evita, you were an American history major at the University of Chicago. You graduated last year. You've studied a lot about you know, the people's history, um, which is a Marxist view, the number one history book in America, a Marxist view of, of American history. What is your thoughts about Hulu um, producing this series and what and does it concern you? Well, I think it, con it concerns me for the same reasons that it does you and that I think it's going to end up in schools. I, I have an interesting take on this. I don't know if you guys have seen that Ron DeSantis has been fighting um, diversity, equity and inclusion and then critical race theory in Florida harder than any other governor in the country, um, especially, but both at the, at the public university level and at the elementary, middle, high school level. 
I think that there's a difference in between the high school, elementary, middle school level and the university level. I think that banning it at, at that stage is 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 one not not useful because the teachers will put the text in the course anyways, in, in their courses anyways. But then at these other levels, the problem is that we can't decipher between philosophies, especially if you're in elementary school. If someone's telling you this is how you should view the world, that's how you're going to view the world, exclusively the prism of race and inequality and and then the the policy prescription to to help everyone is obviously marxism so i mean it's it's complete indoctrination for children with no no alternative ever introduced and then i think as you get older you can maybe talk about it because it is a real field of study but always have alternate philosophies alongside it and the problem is at these at these lower levels it's just not there and especially with a you know, little TV show, they're just going to accept that as fact. They're children. That's what they're supposed to do. And so but let's be clear. This is a flat out bold face lie about the history of America. That's yes. what it is. And Disney through Hulu says, we want to make uh, a series based on this lie to try to convince more Americans and more American youth that the lie is actually true, which is frankly, utterly disgusting of uh of, of disney um shame on them and again this the, the, this this old school company um which we would you know look, look at all their great movies a great american company that they've morphed into this um into this company that's trying to i would say change and destroy the culture of america um i think all of us should reject them um turn them off uh don't buy their products and don't go to their uh to their resorts i think the the only way you punish them is with your dollar. That's my first point, if yeah, I could. Right. No, but, you're, you're absolutely right. It's also cruel, you know, to force little kids to see everything through the lens of oppressor and oppressed and uh, oppressor and oppressed. Um, the white people are supposed to be made to feel bad um, somehow that, you know, that our system is systemically racist. Um, there's very little emphasis on all the strides that America has made. There's a reason why people from Africa and Latin America want to be here. If you ever lived in Latin America, th that is classism. That is racism. Um, go to Africa, the way the Chinese um, who are taking over that continent treat the Africans. That is a colonial oppressive system. Um, there are so many greater examples. And here they go back, you know, trying to rewrite history and trying to make people not proud of what what is the greatest experiment in ashamed, human ashamed Rachel they want to they want us to be ashamed of our history and our founding exactly. exactly it's it's really really and and the thing is it's not a short term project the, the reason why the money is behind this they're very powerful people who are trying to sow this kind of discord in America um, to try and undo um, the foundations of this country and and they, and they are evil people and that is what they're doing. And they're using these corporations, the platforms like Hulu to do it. And like I said, trust me, this will become, you know, visual, lazy teacher curriculum um, in your child's public school. And that's why um, we're going to have another podcast this week, Sean, talking about, you know, classical education, why people need to pull their 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 kids, however they figure it out, figure it out, take them out of these systems because they're not working. So, Rachel, hold me. I'm going to. I didn't get to finish my point. So, sure. But the the problem is, it's not about lying about history. This is not about racism. If you go back to our founding, these were some of the most brilliant men that lived on the face of the earth, all on the east coast of the United States, 
And they came up with these concepts and these ideas that created a beacon of light that, that free men could govern themselves, that freedom in the human heart could thrive in this country. And no one knew how this experiment of self-government would work. They, they, they could, could collapse or it could succeed. It grew into the greatest country that's ever existed on the face of the earth. And these leftists hate that. They don't want to see a free, a free people, a free America. It goes back to the last podcast we did. They want to see an elite group of people that come from places like Davos that rule over the world. They don't want you to make decisions for yourself. And so if you can undermine the, the, it was mostly all men, the men who, who created these concepts in the Declaration of Independence and in our Constitution, if you can take them down and call them racist, then you can discard their ideas that gave you freedom. And that's what this is about. This is about a, this is about a political movement to take away the gifts that those men gave us in those documents, number one. Number two, you're right, it's going to be taught in the schools. Um, you can stop it in your home, but this is coming to your school. And it brings me to the point that I like to make. If a police officer can wear a camera on, on his uniform so I can see what he does as he engages the community on my behalf as a police officer, I want cameras in the classroom. Not for yeah. everyone to see, but I want passwords for parents to log in and look and see what teachers are teaching my kids. So if Ron DeSantis in Florida bans CRT, but a teacher tries to slide and sneak it in the curriculum or in a lecture to the kids, but I tune in and I see it, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We have problems. And you'll see that the laws that we pass, um, whether it's in our legislatures or the, the, the school boards, and what parents want taught in the class will actually be taught because we can verify it with a video camera and sound. Yeah. That's the only solution to this. But letting teachers take our kids locked, behind locked doors, closed doors, and keep them, we don't know what they're being told. And they're all coming from woke, um, uh, woke university college. schools, teaching colleges, where they have these teaching departments that are feeding them all this garbage. And they believe it. And they go to the classroom and they just regurgitate it to our kids. So the only way we save ourselves, save our kids, cameras in the classroom. I'm done. What do you think about that, Avita? So I, I was going to say, I think it's the only solution because you can ban CRT in the curriculum. And like dad said, these, the, these teachers, many, if not most of them, really believe that CRT and DEI are the way to view the world. And so they're going to put it inside their lessons plans, whether you like it or not. And the only way to stop them is to hold them 100% accountable all the times that they're with your children. And that's by having cameras in the classroom. And I also, I also think like, I mean, you, you might you might think that, oh, well, we're going to pull our kids out. We're going to put them in classical education. You might have a say over your kids or, you know, your, your grandkids maybe, but the masses are still being indoctrinated at a mass level. And so we, we can't give up on the public schools. They, they are, I mean, it's, it's a poison that's infecting them and that we, we can't just huddle into our little things and say, well, our kids are fine, but the rest of everybody else is going to be running the country in the future isn't. And it, it's everyone's problem. I, I totally agree. But the more that we encourage people to think out of the public school box um, and, and, and we, the more we shine light on the other options out there, the more people will fight for choice. I mean, I think, you know, cameras in the classroom are one thing. Um, but that's not the root of the problem. The root of the problem is something Sean touched on, which is a governor issue. Um, we need to get we need to get a whole a, a handle on our teachers' colleges. They have become little Marxist training grounds for teachers in many unsuspecting mm -hmm. who have no idea. That's one thing. But 
ultimately school choice is the answer. School choice and is I the answer. And, and yeah. so sad what's happening in Arizona. You had Doug Ducey, you know, under Doug Ducey's leadership, they had the, the greatest, most expansive school choice program in the country. And now because that idiot, Katie Hobbs was elected, now it looks like that might be that she's working on on overturning that. It's it's a real sad uh, setback. Yeah, Vita. I was just going to say that every, anybody who's listening, if you have a child who's high school age, they're now trying. I don't know if it's been passed yet. I, I, it might have already been implemented in a lot of other states. I know Florida it hasn't been, but a African American studies AP course. AP means that you know you, you take it in high school, you'll get college credit for it if you get a certain score on the test, and it is chock full of. CRT and Marxism and and viewing the the genuine history of, of African Americans, which is real and rich, um, exclusively through Marxism and and these really twisted leftist ideologies. So keep mm. that keep a lookout for that if your high schoolers try to sign up for for AP African American Studies. Maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> it's right. it's, an, it's a it's a it's a terrible terrible course. Good advice. Yeah. Well, you guys, Somebody's- I have I have a new show that's come out. It's called The Bottom Line. And uh, frankly, I love you both, but I have to go prep. I'd love to chat here all day all right. with, with you. I know you're you at ladies. the studio. I'm house. The kids just came home, so I'm going to have to get going too. But great talking to you. Thanks for um, joining us. Always interesting, Evita. Always um, thoughtful discussions. Thanks for letting us know about High Ran. I hope our, our listeners um, catch it, listen to it, print out the lyrics, just put a little thought to it, maybe even have a discussion with their with their teens about it. And um, and also um, with the uh, Hulu documentary series, as Sean said, the best thing you could do is just boycott Disney. I don't know what else. We can just do. say no. Yeah. So listen, if you like our podcast, wait, hold on a second. I got to say goodbye to everybody. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, or if you get them at foxnewspodcast.com, which is the spot you should get them. Uh, give us a great rating. We'd l- love that. And listen for free with a Fox News podcast plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. So with that, hope you all have a great uh, day till we see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.